Okay, well, hey, good morning, everybody. Good morning. I hear a lot of chatter and maybe some, some healthy debate over the best Christmas movie. Okay, who, who has a Christmas movie they want to throw out as the best? Just shout it out. Elf. Okay, that's a popular one. That's a, that's a popular one in our house. What about someone else? Popular Christmas movie. Home Alone? It's a Wonderful Life, which is a, it is a Christmas movie, even though most of it is not about Christmas at all, but there's snow at the end and Christmas. So, um, yeah, well, uh, excited to get to celebrate with you guys today. Um, like Zach said, my name is Joe Polino, and just very thankful uh, to be with you guys here on a Sunday morning, and uh, you're either not soccer fans because the World Cup final is going on right now, or you are, and you just really love Jesus. And so I just want to say, way to go, soccer fans, for being here, um, and uh, praise God for uh, technology to record things. So, um, well, hey, uh, like Zach said, this morning is going to be a special morning because we are looking back at 2022, the year, and we're going to give thanks to the Lord. And before we do that and hear from different people within our church, uh, I want to uh, invite you to turn to your Bibles to Luke 17, and we're going to read a scripture about returning to give thanks to the Lord. So it'll be on the screen. Also, there's a Bible that should be close somewhere to your seat underneath the seat backs. If you go to page 850, that's where Luke 17 is, and we're going to be uh, at verse 11. So as you're turning there, I uh, just was thinking about this morning, and, and for me, Christmas time is one of my favorite times of the year. Um, but I think the older I get, the more I realize that even though I like the build up to Christmas, I want to try to avoid the post-Christmas letdown of De- December 26th, where it's like we have had all this you know, Christmas uh, gift exchange. Uh, we've had uh, you know, feasting, and we've had different things that are really fun, Christmas movies. But at the end, it's like, well, you know, what now? Is that it? Kind of this hollow feeling inside. And just realizing for me more and more as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, there are ways for us to slow down, to really savor, like Zach said, what, what Christ came to do and what the, our incarnation is. And so we're going to look at that in just a second. But I just want to admit, like, I am one of the people who is prone to forget things that are important and remember things that are not important. Okay, so like I can remember like this week, I remembered how many cookies are left in the refrigerator, but I could not find my wallet or keys uh, several times. So I knew that there, there, there was peanut butter, chocolate, cookies, but I was like, where in the world are my keys? And, and, and you know, that's kind of a funny example, but how often on our to-do list that we have each week or each day, do we focus in on the things that we don't have done or that we can't get to instead of the things that we actually accomplished? You know, and so with the Lord, there are oftentimes just, uh, there's something within us that we need uh, encouragement to remember and be thankful. And so if you look at Luke 17, this is one of the passages that has meant a lot to, to me and to my wife and I. Six years ago, so we've been married for eight years. Six years ago, we, we read this verse and said, we want to take time at the end of every year and six months into the year to look back and give thanks because we want to be like this passage. So I'm going to read it and we're going to dive in. So Luke 11, or Luke 17, verse 11 says, uh, on his way to Jerusalem, uh, this is Jesus, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. So this has been really meaningful to me because one of the things that we see in here is just that we want to be like the one who returned to give thanks 
to the Lord. And there's so much in here just for the sake of time and wanting to hear testimonies. I'm just going to hit, hit on some quick things I just want to highlight that I think will set up the testimonies, okay? You guys with me? Okay. So one, when he says uh, that as he's traveling along the border of Samaria and Galilee to Jerusalem, when you see to Jerusalem, at this point in the Gospels, Jesus is going to Jerusalem to go to the cross. At a different point, it says that he has set his face like flint to go to Jerusalem. That is against uh, the recommendation of his disciples. He is telling them, I'm going to die, be betrayed. I will write, like he is going to come to do what he came to do. Like he was incarnated so that he could give his life as a ransom for us, for many. It's amazing. So he's going to Jerusalem, and as he's going, these 10 lepers call out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And so in that day, if you had a skin disease like leprosy, uh, the priest would be a combination of like the physician slash gatekeeper for the community. So if they saw that you had skin disease, they would say you are unclean. And in Leviticus, the law says that you actually need to put outside the camp and it has some interesting details, like you have to have unkept hair, and you have to w- cover your face, and whenever anyone comes close to you, you have to yell out, unclean, unclean. So this is a huge deal. So these, it says, even you see here, it says that these 10, they stood at a distance, and they yelled, because that's what they were required to do. And Jesus instructs them, go to the priest, go to the gatekeeper, go to the physician, and have them examine you. And so as they go, they are healed. It's amazing. They are healed of leprosy. I mean, just imagine what that would mean to these 10 people that they are now, their life has literally been saved in the physical, but also relational, emotional, like in every sense of the word. So they have received this amazing gift. But here in this scripture, who's the one that is highlighted as the one that we want to... uh, we want to exercise not just faith, but returning of thanks. It's the Samaritan. It's the foreigner. And notice that for all 10, it took faith to, to take Jesus at his word and go to the priest, and all of them were healed, but it's only the one who came back. Well, it says here in verse 15, it says that one saw he was healed, came back, and praised God with a loud voice. Okay? So one is that, he saw, so say saw, turn back, praise God. All of them were healed. All of them received a gift from God. But the one who really recognized and saw what God had done, turned back and gave thanks. It was him that not only got the blessing, but he got relationship with Jesus. He no longer had to stand at a distance. And so guys, when I go back to what I said at the beginning, what are ways that we can not have that empty feeling around Christmas time or December 26th? Um, or even Christmas time can be one of the most painful times of year because it reminds us of what we don't have or who we don't have with us and the loss. And yet it's a gift that God came to give us in Christ. So how can we celebrate that gift? We, return, we, we recognize what he's done. We return and we give thanks. And so this year we've had our theme verse for our church be John 6, 35, which is when Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And so Jesus is the bread of life. And one of the ways we crack open that bread, so to speak, and we join, as, join in to hunger and feast on him is when we see, turn and give thanks to God. And another way we do that is when we are in a group where other people are sharing that testimony. Amen? Amen. So when, when people are up here sharing, uh, I just want to encourage you that this is going to build up your soul as you're hearing what God's done in people's lives. And just, just even have this prayer, God, would you show me what you've done in my life? Would you help me to celebrate what's happened in this person's life? Because it's going to fill you up. Okay. You guys ready? Okay. So we have five people who are going to share testimonies. And it was really hard for us to uh, just even like who do we ask? And we know that there's so many different people at our church that we could have shared, but uh, we're excited to hear from these people today. So uh, first, I'm going to call up my friend, Al Walls. Can you give Al a hand? All right, Al, I'm going to hand you the mic. So Al, 
Why don't you introduce yourself, tell people who you are, how long you've been coming to the church. My name is Al Walls. I've been coming to the church since uh, March, about 10 months. Um, what I do during the week, I, I'm, I'm retired. So I, I, during the week, I study a lot of scripture. I've got a lot of things. It seems like I've got more stuff to do when I'm being retired than I did when I was working. But yeah, and so God's really blessed me in the last, this year for sure. Uh, I've been wanting to move back to Dallas. I lived in a town called Kerrville. It's about the middle of Texas, five hours from here. And I've been wanting to move back to Dallas, but I really just had a hard time. It's, I was uh, praying and, you know, uh, and being patient. I needed to be patient. And I... And it, for me to get back here, I wouldn't have done it by myself. I had to have Jesus to, to help me because uh, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I had to pray and pray, and finally Jesus gave me the faith to do it, and I finally moved up to uh, Dallas. Um, yeah. I really love Antioch. I really love being here. When I came here, I really loved, I, I was really welcome, just like we're doing now. I really felt welcome. I really felt, I already started feeling part of the church. And uh, joining, a little bit after I joined the life group, and then I started volunteering to serve. And I consider this church my family. I'm, I'm really grateful, I'm really humble. To be here. And another thing that uh, Jesus gave me is teeth. So that was Friday. This Friday is when I got them. Amazing. So first, so if you don't know, Al, ever since I've known him, he's, uh, he's been waiting on his teeth and he actually got his teeth this Friday. There you go. So Al has been, as I was looking back at my year, Al has been one of the highlights of like, man, this is something I'm so, so grateful to God for is you, Al. And so you have shared um, with me before, just in the past, it's been difficult for you to, for different reasons, just to get plugged into a, a church of any kind. And you've been a follower of Jesus, right? Yeah. So tell, tell me about just that journey and how in coming to Dallas, like you were praying for a church and then God provided. Go ahead. Okay, when, I was, when I was in Kerrville, I wanted to go to church, but I couldn't find a church that I really wanted to go to. The longest I attended the church was uh, five days, five, five Sundays. And, uh, but I couldn't stay with them. This is, this is my whole life. So when I moved up here, I wanted to go to church, and I was looking around, and I, the first church that, that caught my eye was Antioch, and uh, I was really grateful when I came here. This, I know Jesus was, had my back for sure. Jesus was taking me where I needed to go, so I'm really grateful and humble to be here. Well, one of the things that I, I think I, I'm so encouraged by you, Al, and how you have jumped in is when you told me that you had not been a part of a church before any more than like five Sundays, I was so shocked because you have, I don't know if you've missed a Sunday, and I don't know if there's been a serve team that you haven't tried to join. So you're on the, the media booth, you're greeting. And so I think, as Al, you're, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? 67. So he's 67. And I think the thing that I want before you clap, I think is just just the way that he's hungry for God and he's willing to learn and humble himself. And even the way that in our life group, like uh, you're, you have more experience and wisdom than many of the people in that room. And yet you're there presenting that and you're learning. And so I just want to honor Al for being one of our serve team champions and for being a, an amazing member of this church. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I love you, bud. Thank you so much. Love you. Awesome. 
Okay, the next testimony is actually uh, uh, one of our staff members, and we wanted to give a view of just how God had moved in our church from maybe something that you wouldn't see because of a unique perspective. And so uh, I want to call up Donnie Tapey. Take it away, Donnie. Yeah, I'm going to set this here uh, so that I don't drop it. Hey, I am so excited, uh, honestly, just to share some of this with you. And and Al, I I can't not address you, Al. After that, uh, one of the things that I love about Al is that when he came, first started coming to Antioch, he volunteered for Welcome Home Team. He was so faithful every single Sunday. And then he came to me one day very kind of solemn and apologetically and said that he was going over to the production team. (laughs) And after a little bit of hurt uh, and some tears, I'm just kidding, no, but I, I, you know, I, I joked with Al that, man, the, 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 uh, the uh, production team poached him from us because he's just so faithful and so there every day. And then he came back to me a few weeks later. He was like, I thought that they were going to schedule me every Sunday, so I'd like to come back. <laughs> and so he serves on both teams, splits his time because they wouldn't schedule him enough. Like, come on, that's awesome. I was just like, he was really, really thankful for Al and for his heart to serve. So uh, a bit of, of a way to frame the things I'm, I'm going to share. So I oversee our welcome home team. I also have the privilege to work closely with Macy uh, McLean. If you don't know her, she's our kids director. Macy's awesome. And Danielle Palm as well. She's our kids coordinator. Go ahead. Give them, give them applause. They got, I don't know if they're in here right now, but um, they're incredible. So those are the two, those are, uh, two things that I get to oversee, our kids ministry and our welcome home team. And I don't know if y'all know, but over the last few years, volunteers and churches have been difficult. So people serving in churches, and it's not just here at Antioch, it's not just other churches, like across the board, it's been very difficult for churches. I mean, if you Google church volunteers post-COVID, you will get article after article after article of people trying to say, man, how do I get people to come back? How do I get people to serve? So here's the, so that's a little bit of the perspective I want to share from. Um, so pre-COVID, I've got some numbers. Numbers don't do it for me, but I'm going to give some more perspective on those numbers after. So pre-COVID, we had in our kids ministry, we had about 42 people serving. And that ranged from serving every week to serving once a month. Uh, and then we had nothing from March 2020 to April of 2021 because we were shut down. We didn't have kids ministry. We started regathering. We started trying to regather our kids ministry. And then we did in April of 2021. And we had 27 people to start with. And that was like a lot of calling and recruiting and a lot of hard work on Macy's part. Uh, and then we sent out a church plant to Lake Cities. Like, how awesome is that? <laughs> but in the midst of all that, we sent out a church plant. And a lot of our people that served in kids went. And so we, were, we came down from 27 back to 19. And so, man, we're just like praying, really asking the Lord. And so that's where we're at. So I'm going to leave it there for a second. So uh, we, were at, we were at 19. And then for Welcome Home Team, pre-COVID, we were at 28 people. Uh, and we still had some need there in that, in that, in that area. We, want, we were trying to grow that team. And then we had nothing for about six months when we were shut down. And then we started regathering. And at the start of regathering, we had about 12 people. We built it up to 25. And then we sent out Lake Cities. And we had 19 back again. So just over and over again, raising up volunteers, you guys saying yes to the call. So that's where we were at the beginning kind of of this year. And then in the middle of this year, kind of early spring or late spring, middle of this year, we had a guy named Joe Ewan come and speak to us. And Joe, he came and prayed for our staff and shared with us. And if you don't know Joe Ewan, he's a man, he's, he's a man of God who walks in, a, uh, in a, a prophetic gifting. And he's invested in our church and our church movement for years. Uh, and he came and one of the things he spoke over Macy and myself and a few others there was that there were going to be volunteers just coming out of the woodwork, serve team members coming out of the woodwork that they were going to be coming up to us and asking to serve without us ever even asking them to serve. And if you've ever served in a kids ministry, you know, or worked for a kids ministry, you know that usually you don't get people to serve unless you ask, that you have to precede it with an ask. And so I was like, Praise the Lord, that would be an amazing thing to happen. Like, yes, Lord, let it be that people would just come out of the woodwork. And about a month later, uh, somebody came up to me in church and was like, hey, Donnie, I, 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 know, I know we hadn't talked in a while, but I'd love to serve on Welcome Home Team. And I was like, you would? Okay. 
well, I can sign you up. I'm, I'm unprepared for this. It was, I was like, just people coming up. And then the next Sunday, and then Macy told me of two people that just volunteered. And literally, guys, it's been person after person of just offering to volunteer and to serve. And oh, I, get, I get choked up about it because it's so beautiful to see you guys, our church family, stepping up to meet those needs and to say yes to what God's calling you to do. Isn't that awesome? So currently we have about 48 serving in kids ministry. And of the people serving, it's way more, uh, uh, a much higher frequency. Whereas before it was like once a month for most people. Now it's like twice a week for, or uh, twice a month for most people. So that's awesome. Uh, and welcome home team. We have about 32 to the point where each Sunday we have more people than we need. So, and that's so awesome and encouraging to me. Like I haven't thought about our welcome home team. Do we have enough people? And so I want to translate that for you. So the numbers are great, like I said, but they don't always do it for me. When you think of kids ministry, I think of my own daughter and I think of her life or I think of another child. Maybe picture a child that you know who needs Jesus and we've made room for them now. So way to go, church, like way to go. And not only that, so I'm not saying don't volunteer for kids ministry. We have enough people. Oh, come, come, we need more people because we started COVID with 65, or pre-COVID, 65 kids, and now we have just about 100. You all are a fruitful bunch, but it's not just you. It's not just you. That's also many people who are new to our church that have come for the first time. So I just want to say, like, take a moment, just say, praise God, right? That's so awesome, and I'm so encouraged. Um, Yeah, I I don't want to miss anything. And then the other part of that, too, is as we think about our welcome home team, welcome home team is the easiest team to jump to do because it's a simple ask for what we're doing. We're preparing coffee. We're getting our space ready. Uh, but um, and we're, and we're greeting people. But of, of, the, uh, of, of, of new people that have come and then that have come to discover Antioch, it's been about 80 people this year that have come into our church and actually gone to discover Antioch and, and stuck. Isn't that incredible? I just want to say I praise the Lord for that and what God is doing. And our welcome home team is literally the first experience that someone might have of our church or maybe even who Jesus is. I think of Al. Ten months ago, Al came. I think of so many other people in this church who have come for the first time this year. And our welcome home team was that first line of defense, so to speak. Their first encounter with what a Christian might be, a follower of Jesus might be. And I just want to give them a round of applause. So go ahead. I can't clap. There you go. Just so thankful for them. So, and then last of all, I just want to honor Macy and Danielle. They have, yeah. They have done so much and and, and made so many calls and recruited. I don't know if you know, but to serving kids every time, uh, we have to interview the person. They fill out an application. We review that application. Then we interview them in person. Then we call references. It's a lengthy process for just for each and every single person. And they have just been so faithful to do that and to bring people in. So I just wanted to honor them for that. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of hard work. Um, and then finally, yeah, I just want to honestly, I wanted you all to be encouraged the most by this. Because as I look out, I see the faces of the people that have come up to me and offered to serve. So thank you for saying yes. Thank you for offering of your time, talent, and treasure to come and serve Jesus and his purposes and to help other people encounter him. So way to go, church. Way to go. Uh, Just as Donnie was sharing, I was reminded of um, just this picture that we often uh, talk about in our staff. I don't know if we talk about enough from the front, but it's this picture of uh, a vine that's growing on a trellis, which if you don't know what a trellis is, it's kind of like the lattice, the wooden lattice ladder that grows, uh, the vine grows on. And so when Donnie's talking about uh, Welcome Home Team, when he's talking about kids ministry, when he's talking about these numbers, I mean, it, like he said, numbers don't do them because when you go into a garden, you're not going to look at a trellis and be like, wow, like I love your trellis. That's really impressive. But if you have this vine that's growing uh, with grapes or with flowers on it, that is what... That's the life of the church. And so these different, what he's talking about, these different buckets or these different, they're just, they're the lattice in which people can come in and meet Jesus in kids ministry, welcome home team, worship team. So this isn't a, 
those things are unto a love for Jesus and because people need him. And so I just wanna say thank you guys because you are serving not because of just the need and maybe you are, but because what I see is a love for Jesus is spurring you on and be like, hey, where can I help? Where can I serve? Where can I make a way for other people? So way to go, church. Um, awesome, well, we're not done. I wanna call up Marie Hassan. Give Marie a hand. All right, Marie is a joy to our church. You are a gift to our church, and I'm excited to hear you share, Marie. So Marie, why don't you share just a little bit about, introduce yourself, who you are, what you do during the week, and how long you've been coming to the church. Good morning, church. Um, I'm Marie Hassan, and um, I do um, customer service during the week. And please pardon me, I will try to speak slowly so that you can hear me. But if you don't, please raise up your hand. I'll go again. <laughs> so, um, this year, firstly, I want to thank the kids' ministry for everyone that has been serving on that team. Um, my kids wake up every morning wanting to come to church because they will be at the kids' ministry because they will be taught and they love it every day. Um, Tamara, which is three, she's always like, I'm going to my class, I'm going to my class. She's always running. So I, it's, 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 um, it's always a thing of joy for me because um, it's so much of investment that they put in them and they always look forward to it every time. So um, thank you guys. Thank you for always serving. And I had to write it down because I could be very uncoordinated. So, um, so this year has been very challenging in the area of my job, and um, I've had a life group that has really been very supportive. And um, anytime, I, anytime we have um, girls or ladies time, when we have just those times together, and then, you know, they're very deliberate about asking about how your day was, what's the highlight, and then I have to say, oh God, my job. And then <laughs> I always feel terrible, but you know, those short moments of prayer and, um, and then I go back to work the following day and then it's different because someone prayed for me and I had, you know, there was one time Danielle prayed and then on Monday morning, I had this first call and then the woman prayed for me and I'm like, whoa, thank you, Danielle. This is something different because the, normally I have colors that are always very irrational and very, it's usually very bad. And then they remind me that I have an accent and then I'm not, you know, it's usually a lot of things, but you know, I'm so grateful that those short times, those random talks, those random prayer moments, they go a long way and I've been able to build meaningful um, relationships. So Life Group is one unit that I don't joke with because that is where I enjoy myself the most. So, <laughs> and then, you know, I've had a moving part for everything because this year I've encountered Jesus in community, in church, in the city. It's been very um, great for me. So, and then um, when we started the um, series on the study of John, that one, when we were doing the series, I, um, I felt like God was telling me I also needed to do something like that. And I didn't know what to do about it. And then it just occurred to me I could start in a small group. And then I went, I spoke to my friends. And I'm like, I feel like we should do this study and it would help us to grow more. And then they agreed with me. And then since that time, this is like five months going, we've been having... Um, this Bible study group, and then we study, right now we've done John, Ephesians, you know, we're, we're on first, second Corinthians. So it's, it's, um, I'm grateful to God that, um, there is the opportunity to hear the word and also be a blessing to others. So, um, that, and then, this can, I can be very emotional with this, so just help me. And then the, the worship team. So, 
Um, Rachel and Noah, thank you so much for yielding to God. And thank you so much for... for so it's been a time of waiting for me, and I've been um, um, trusting God to use my gifts to also be a blessing. And before that, um, when I started with the Welcome Home team, I, um, I was a bit nervous because I've always been told that I don't have a smiling face. I'm always too, you know... And it was, it was really hard for me. And then um, I remember then that um, Donnie told me that I'll be fine, that I should, just, I should just be me. And then so Welcome Home team taught me to just be genuine, be simple, be just be you. And, you know, it's, it's been very um, um, interesting how people tell me that I have a very good smile and it makes me want to smile more, you know. And then it's, it's really been um, a great, because I, look, I always look forward to it because I know that someone's going to see me and be blessed. So I want to hug people. I want to smile. You know, I want to do all that. I, I prayerfully do it. That's, that's the thing. I, when I'm coming in the morning, I'm like, God, I'm going out this morning to be a blessing. Please let my hug be a blessing to someone. So I take it, it has helped me to grow spiritually because it has been a, um, a um, I see it like a ministry of what I have to do on a daily basis. And then when um, Rachel walked up to me and said, Marie, I would um, like you to join us and worship on stage. That day was my birthday and um, I'd been trusting God for a next step on what to do. So when she came, I've had a lot of insecurities about singing. I've had a lot of insecurities about so many things. So that particular day, the day she walked up to me and said it, it looked, it, it felt like all my insecurities and all my fears just disappeared. So it was like God answered my prayer at that time and said it was time to just do this. You just have to do it. And I'm grateful that that happened and um it's I've grown so much it's been a new dimension for me God has helped me in this place I'm thankful to everyone that I've met I'm thankful to everyone that has crossed my path and thank you for that email it meant so much for, to me I'm really really honored so thank you for allowing this to be a family for me hold on Marie. hold on hold on hold on hold on Can we, can we just give her one more hand? She is such a treasure. We love you, Marie. Um, I, I just think what's coming to mind, Marie, is as you talked about waiting, is just that Advent is a season of waiting. It's a season of preparation, knowing that for centuries, the people of Israel waited for the Messiah, and then he came. And how we are in the in-between waiting for his return. And just in this, in your story, just your faithfulness to serve, to show up, and to wait. And when the email she's talking about was when she sang, I, I was so impacted that I just sent her an email the next day and just said, I don't know what it was, but something about you singing uh, just ministered to me. And so uh, I just want to say thank you for modeling waiting and your faithfulness. And I believe the Lord is honoring you today for that. So one more time for Marie. Thank you, Marie. Okay. Uh, this is so fun. Uh, let's keep going. So Matt Esparza. All right, Matt. Matt Esparza. So as Matt comes up, um, Matt is one of those guys, here you go, buddy, um, that I have known for, goodness, I've been at this church for 10 years, maybe the whole 10, if not nine out of 10. Yeah, so 10 years, this is a faithful man of God. Uh, he is one of those people that has just served um, just so faithfully, and you've been such a good friend, but I've seen you grow and grow and grow and just take take the steps uh, to apply what God's teaching you over and over again. And just you are a man of, uh, of faithfulness, like I said, and just want to honor you. So Matt is going to share uh, an experience that he's had 
when he's jumped in this fall to a group called Pure Desire. Uh, and then I have a testimony to share on uh, the wives group. And so, Matt, before we get into that, why don't you tell, introduce yourself, what do you do during the week? I already shared how long you've been coming, but uh, just share a little bit about yourself. And then, uh, and then if you want, share about Pure Desire and your testimony and go from there. Cool? Yeah. Uh, so I'm Matt Esparza. I haven't met you before. Uh, I have been going here for 10 years. This upcoming, well, next month, it'll be 10 years. Um, and during the week, I am a researcher at UT Southwestern. Uh, uh, is it Dr. Esparza? It technically is, oh, yes, don't call me that. Okay. I, I, that was my bad. Dr. Esparza, please tell about yourself. Go for it. Oh, thank you. Um, so just, I guess, as a aside... Uh, Pure Desire is an amazing ministry, and it's doing a ton of work in the lives of the men that are a part of it and in the city. So if you at all want to hear more about Pure Desire or hear about just more testimonies about what's going on in there, um, please approach me. I'd be more than willing to spend time talking more about it. Um, But I think to kind of distill it down into a shorter testimony, um, for me at least, Pure Desire has been, uh, or God has been working um, in Pure Desire in me by uh, kind of elevating and making me more aware of my identity in Christ and in actually understanding at a heart level, because at some intellectual level I knew, but just at a heart level how much and how deep his love is for me. Um, I think a lot of, like before Pure Desire, Um, I believed a lot of lies about myself. I um, thought that I was a burden. I thought that I was unworthy of love. I thought that I was unworthy of acceptance and uh, of who I was. And um, not only that in regards to people, but that in regards to God as well. Um, Because if God is perfect, if God is holy, if God hates sin, then there's no way that he would want anything to do with me and my mess and anything... Uh, in my sin, while I professed to be a Christian, I was still struggling with these sin issues in my own life. Um, but I think through joining Pure Desire, and even the short few months that I've been in, um, God has really been calling out my sonship, been identifying and um, saying that I was worthy because I was created by him, because he said that I was worthy of being loved, not other people. Um, and he was really be he was really able to do that just through um, the guys that were in my group. Um, everybody in Pure Desire is just so so great in um, in those moments when you are sharing and you are being vulnerable about things that you're struggling with. In me, just like speaking and saying like, "Hey, these are lies that I know that are lies, but I'm still believing." Um, they were Jesus in that moment. They were. Showing the showing love, showing acceptance, um, and yeah, just kind of like continuously pointing to God and saying like, "This is what God believes in you. This is what we see in you, and this is what you should believe moving forward." Um, and still, a lot of work <laughs> that needs to be done in that area, but I feel like God has been working in that. Um, and then just to encourage you all, um, no matter where you're at with either struggling with something or not whether you are going through a trial or everything's going great. Um, just in my experience in the past few months is that when you dedicate your life to just choosing actions and that honor God in your actions or your word, that God just like steps in and moves even greater than you could ever imagine. Um, so yeah, just to encourage you all with that, just to keep going and still like continue to dedicate your lives to honoring God, um, which is something that I've been learning throughout. So. Yeah, thank you for listening. Matt, thank you for sharing. Thank you for who you are. Uh, as you're sharing, I just was reminded of just the, the gospel, um, just being something that, like you said, you understood, I guess, the basics of what, you know, you're created by God, that sin is inside of us and we can't heal ourselves, but he's come and done that on the cross. And, you know, I think you understood all that, but I think in the same way that we can receive like the 10 lepers, we can receive healing, like in understanding that, I think it's coming to Jesus uh, to uh, share 
with him, like the places that are still, they feel they're still broken or they're still in process, that there's such power and humility. And what God says is he gives grace to the humble, but opposes the proud. And I think the Samaritan that came back was a humble man, uh, a broken man. And that was, uh, and, and it also pointed to that humility was faith. He said, Jesus said, rise and go, your faith has made you well. And so I was, you are a man of not only faithfulness, but faith, a gift of faith and humility. And so it took courage to come up here and share that. And, but you know what? You're the healthiest, uh, one of the healthiest people in the room to recognize just what God's done. And may we all just follow your example. So can we give Matt a hand? Love you, buddy. And actually, so, so uh, what Matt was talking about was a ministry called Pure Desire, uh, which is for men only who are uh, struggling with uh, sexual addiction of some kind or unwanted sexual behavior. And as they get into it, they get into it to try to um, you know, get help in this one area. But what they realize is what Matt was saying is that it gets to the root of identity and it gets to the root of the gospel and that's where the fruit changes. And, and so what, what Matt was sharing though was on the guy's side and there's also a wives group uh, that's been meeting uh, and they've been doing just amazing work. And so I wanted to share a testimony that one of the wives sent in from the wives group, which is called Betrayal and Beyond, which is a more intense name than the, uh, than the other one, but um, it's just so powerful. And so here I wanna... I wanna uh, they call it the B&B group. So this was sent in. Uh, it says, Betrayal and Beyond has been a safe haven for me. For years, I refused to share this part of my life with anyone. It felt too shameful that my husband and I were struggling in this way, and I convinced myself that no one else was experiencing what we were. My husband would come to life group able to share with the guys when there had been a relapse and receive support and encouragement, but I always sat in silence with the women and kept my pain to myself. I felt like I couldn't share because it wasn't, quote, my issue, yet it was affecting me so deeply. Joining B&B made me realize there are many other women, even within the church, who had been walking this journey in isolation like I was. This group has given me a safe place to be fully understood supported and challenged in my own healing journey without shame or judgment. It's given my husband and I fresh hope for our marriage as we've received tools and common language to use to overcome the challenges we're facing. And I've seen my husband not only begin to get free from pornography, but also develop into a more emotionally healthy individual in all areas of his life. An unexpected thing I've gained from this group is also becoming more aware of what is broken from my own past and how it's affecting me now. In light of my husband's addiction, I've learned that I also have issues that are playing a part in how I cope with the hard things in life. And I've found that God wants to bring us both to a place of healing so we can move toward health together. Isn't that amazing? So praise God, God is working through this ministry to get to the deepest places of people's hearts. And it's a holistic family uh, ministry. And so uh, it's been going on for, I guess, three years now. Um, but before then, the, the men met one night and then the wives would meet a different night because of the kids issue. And so I just wanna honor Macy. And if, if anyone who has volunteered on Tuesday evenings to come and watch kids, it's now the whole family comes and it's a whole family ministry and they don't have to take up two parts of the night. So that's just another place where people are, they're not getting paid, they're showing up, they're saying, hey, I wanna serve and it has just been awesome. So thank you guys for doing that. Um, well, hey, as we, as we begin to, to, to close, one of the, the, for the last testimony, as we were, um, we actually went through this scripture as a staff in December. And we went away after that. Well, we had the assignment of just writing down, hey, where has God answered prayer this past year? Where has he brought breakthrough? Where has he sustained you in hardships? How has he, how has he impacted your life? Where have you encountered God? And we came back together, read this scripture, and we spent a whole day just giving thanks. Like literally like, well, 10 to two, so four hours of each person sharing personally. And in that staff life group, as we were sharing, there was just tears shared and there was laughter. But one of the things that came up is that we couldn't look at this past year 
without remembering uh, our dear friend, Jonathan Sharks. And if you don't know John, um, we, uh, he passed away from his fight with cancer for a year and a half in August. And he uh, came to Christ in this church about eight years ago, uh, married Melissa Sharks, uh, and they have a one-year-old boy named Jackson. Uh, it was the way that, that John and Melissa stewarded their, John's last days that for me uh, have been one of the most impactful and continue to be one of the imp- most impactful pictures of the gospel that I've ever had. And yet there's also a hole. And so when we give thanks, it's not just that, hey, everything's great or awesome, because it's not. We're in this period of Advent, this period of waiting, and that we need to recognize that even if there's still questions and pain, that the Lord's still here and the Lord has still encountered us. And so we uh, wanted to ask Melissa if she would be open and wanting just to share an update. And so she said, I would be honored to. And so can you give Melissa a hand? She's gonna come up here and share. <laughs> we love, yeah, we'll, we'll make, make your way around. Um, so Melissa, just as you're coming up, um, just for people who don't know this amazing woman of God, and just, I heard a you know, she can fill in the gaps, I guess, on any part of the story that you want to share, but just on the front end, we love you and just want, we wanted to ask just because you are such a integral part of this church body and a gift. And we also have just, um, just want to let you know how loved and supported you are. So we'd love to just hear just how you've seen God move and just what you've even been learning through these last, this year and these last few months, so. Yeah, um, I just want to apologize in advance if I talk a long time. Um, <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts. Okay, good. Um, so yeah, like Joe mentioned, uh, John, so... I'm going to talk a little bit about his story, and then I'll talk a little bit about our story. So, um, and then I'm going to scoot so I can see John's mom, because I love her. Um, And she's here, and she's a huge part of the story. Um, So, John um, came to the Lord, yeah, about eight years ago now, um, and he had a guy who uh, brought him to church and just said, hey, really, John was like, hey, your life is really together, and you have a wife who is way out of your league, and um, kids, and my life is not together, and I want to know more about, you know, your story, and so um, this guy who now lives in Ann Arbor, Michigan, um, brought John to the church and very quickly moved to Ann Arbor, and so Joe started meeting with John every single week sitting in uh, Chipotle, I think, right? Or Starbucks or, yeah, there you go. Yeah, Um, talking to him about the gospel and they would sit and talk. And so um, John actually like prayed to accept Jesus with Joe. Um, And so just really cool, sorry, get teary. So John was um, not raised, raised in a beautiful, um, kind wonderful home, but not raised with any particular, um, like, one religion. Uh, They visited, or no, attended, deeply attended a Unitarian church. So kind of the idea that all religions lead to heaven, that kind of thought. Um, And very, very rooted in academics and science and um, really cool, good stuff. Uh, So John, through his walk, it was a lot of... um, reconciling what the, you know, science in the Bible and seeing that those two things actually cooperate and are like that uh, science supports biblical truth and that they're not opposites. So really cool, um, beautiful testimony there. Um, so John started walking with the Lord, uh, very similar to Matt, went, went through um, a program like Pure Desire um, and uh, y'all, he was, John had a lot of addictions that were um, strongholds in his life. And so um, people in this church, so, yeah, people in this church, he, uh, one time he went and um, bought some weed because he was like trying to kick his weed habit. And Kevin Palm was like, bro, I will pay you for the weed and flush it so you don't have to be out the money. Um, just like, like I'm looking at all these faces in the room, so many guys holding him accountable for um, just, 
you know, things that habits in his life that he knew would not bear fruit in a good way. And so just like looking around this room, seeing all these men and wives who were (laughs) praying for him. um, And then John decided uh, that he wanted to date and (laughs) came to y'all and was like, I do not know how to do this. What do I do? Um, and so actually I'm like laughing. Nellie's over there. He went on one date with Nellie and it was a no. <laughs> Nellie was really gracious, but it was a great, uh, test run. I think <laughs> I love that story. <laughs> Nellie is now married with, um, a sweet little one. So, but every time I see Nellie, I think about, I'm like, oh, bless her. Cause I just, <laughs> I know how that went. And then, um, he prayed and he felt like the Lord told him, to wait until this specific weekend, I guess, um, to, you know, that like get online was kind of the next steps, apps, whatever. And so after a heart for the city, which is um, something that we as a church um, do, it's like service projects around our community. um, We went to uh, just a friend, the Isbells who now have moved, um, but they kind of coordinated this lunch and we met and he asked for my number and the rest is history there. Um, so I, um, which I would just say when he was inspired by his friend, who was like, Hey, you seem like you have your life more together. Your wife is way out of, you know, your league. Like he was jo- like, yeah, it was the same with you. So I just want to say <laughs> at, on his discipleship journey, he would talk about dating a lot. And that was the area I was just like, bro, I don't really know what to tell you. Like there's still some you know, but like, like I, I just, you know, he was, he was very, he would pray for his mom and he would pray, uh, he would pray for work, but he would pray for a wife. And so he was leaning in, trying to learn how to hear the Lord. And he was like, I feel like God was saying to wait until this time. And that's when he met you. Yes. So, um, John taught me a lot about a lot of things, like just authenticity, living, um, your life, just like John was who he was, who he was all the time. You were not ever, you know, with, you know, a prince and a pauper. John was going to be him, um, himself, and it was really beautiful. Um, So when I was asking God kind of like what I should share today and um, what he wanted the church to hear, I just felt like um, I'll give, a, I guess, a brief update and then just kind of talk about thankfulness, which is funny because that's like the verse we read. Um, so um, brief update. So John um, passed away in September, um, a few weeks before he passed away. So Bernie is, um, I can cry. Um, she's incredible um, and has been my champion and my friend and my forerunner and um, she is kind. Uh, and so um, Bernie has, I, I see so much of John's mind in Bernie and I love that about her. Um, and so about a year ago, Bernie, maybe a year and a half, Bernie joined um, a Bible study fellowship because John had been, so if y'all know John, the prayer requests were, so I met him and then dated and married, so I didn't hear the wife prayer request <laughs> because I was wife. Um, but the the prayer request um, where it was pray for my mom, pray for my mom, pray for my mom. If you asked John what he needed prayer for, it was pray for my mom. And then as soon as Jackson, our son, was born, it's my mom and Jackson, my mom and Jackson, my mom and Jackson. And so family was just always John's number one. And so um, Bernie, after a much, uh, I think, deep discussion with John decided, well, I might, I'm curious more about this Bible study fellowship thing and joined. And if y'all know BSF, it's not like a casual Bible study. It is intense and they do homework and they read and you are in the scripture. And so Bernie joined and was part of BSF for a year. Um, And after kind of seeing the fruit in John's life and then being able to, in her own mind, say, okay, you know, maybe I still have some questions about the Bible. Maybe I, you know, there are some questions there, but I'm in. And so I'll never forget when um, Bernie texted John, we were sitting in um, the rehab facility. So he was kind of in a kind of hospital setting. And um, he got a text from his mom and she was like, I'm in. Like, 
I believe in Jesus and I'm in. And he got it and he goes, do you think this is real? And I was like, I don't think your mom would joke about this. <laughs> this is real. And so he got to have um, a really beautiful conversation with her afterward. I mean, he was like weeping and he was like, mom, get here right now. I need to, you know, and then he was, so she came, I think the next day and it was sweet, but just got to have some really neat conversations with her. Um, and just really sweet that he got to know, like he, when he passed away, he knew I am going to see my mom in heaven and she's in. Um, and so I think just that's like the first, um, it, when I think about just even this last year, um, the, the thing for me that I think about most is Bernie. Um, aside from obviously John, but just like the sweet relationship that we have, the friendship I have with her, and then also the joy of knowing that when, um, when I go to heaven, um, John is going to be there, Bernie's going to be there, and we will all get to spend eternity together, and that's really sweet. Um, yeah, praise God for that. Um, so um, this past year... Um, has been really hard, obviously. Um, I am 33. John was 34 when he passed away. Um, we got married at, I don't know, I was like 28 and he was a year older than me, something like that. Great it. I don't know. So <laughs> some great mental math for y'all. Um, so we got married and I, you don't think in your, you know, when we were saying our vows, you don't think you're going to look at your partner and have the, we did the traditional vows. So the in sickness and in health till death do us part. You kind of think that's going to be in your latter years. And so we would joke about like, oh, for richer, for poorer. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like in our early marriage, that type of stuff. Um, so when he was diagnosed, it was, um, he was so sick, but it was also shocking because they, it was, they told us from the beginning, this is terminal. He, it will be a miracle if he makes it a year. And so it's pretty devastating to be, you know, in your early 30s thinking you have this whole life ahead of you with this beautiful man who's like your dream life partner. Um, and like, oh, we're going to have all these babies. His dream was he loved basketball, loved basketball. So his dream was to have his own basketball team of sons. And so um, I was like, sign me up. Let's do it. So... Um, <laughs> Yeah, there's just all these dreams, not only the loss of the person you love most in the world, but the loss of dreams and life together and all this stuff. And um, it's pretty devastating, you know. And um, so the church uh, did a lot of praying with us for a miracle um, and a lot of just weeping with us and fasting with us. We did a church-wide fast and our whole life group fasted with us. Um, and just to not have that happen is hard. And it's like, okay, what now, God? You know, what do I believe? Are you who you say you are? You know, you say you're good. This doesn't feel good. Who are you? And so I think um, there's been a lot of hard questions, like why is this best? Or, you know, why did you allow this to happen? Um, and so I've told Joe in um, Zach this, but I just feel like when I look at the Bible, um, the saints, we think about the saints, like, man, Job, he asked the Lord a lot of questions and eventually he heard back and maybe didn't get the answers he wanted. Maybe it was just like a, hey, were you there when I created the earth? But he got to see the face of God. Um, and, like, Jacob wrestled with the Lord and said, like, you will answer me. You will answer me. And God let him walk away with a limp. And so um, I've been asking a lot of my questions. And in my questions, I feel like I'm getting to see the face of God. Um, and he is, I just feel like I may not ever, this side of heaven, get the answers that I want of, like, why. But I get to look in his eyes and know who he is. And that is powerful. Um, and life-changing. And so I think there's just been a lot of really hard but really good perspective this past year, and the biggest one has just been thankfulness. And so I had, I was thinking about that old-school song. I don't know if y'all know it, but it talks about a thankful heart prepares the way for you, my God. Um, and it's from Psalm 50, verse 23, 
which says, the one who offers thanksgiving as a sacrifice glorifies me. To the one who orders his way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. And so um, that verse, and then every good and perfect gift is from above. And so if I look at my life through the lens of what I've lost, it's the suffering is deep, like it is great. But if I look at my life through the lens of thanksgiving, I still in suffering the midst of like literally face my greatest fear that it is the person I love most in the world. Sorry, Jackson, you're great. Love John. You know, it's just, it's, it's your person. So you face your greatest fear and I can still say there are things that I'm thankful for and ways that the Lord has been very present in tangible ways. So um, just like Girls in my life group organizing, literally when John passed away, I needed people to come get me out of bed and put me to bed. So a rotation of women who, most of these ladies are moms and have kids of their own and busy schedules, and they all coordinated, and I don't know how, but they all knew my back door code, so I would wake up in the morning to someone pulling me out of bed, and then at night I would have someone like petting my hair to sleep for weeks. Um, food, like the riddles, my gosh, if you've eaten at the riddles table, you have eaten food from heaven. Um, and so just like uh, Julie was, I mean, they've cooked, they cooked a thousand meals for us in life, but Julie was um, visiting family, taking care of her mom. And David cooked all this delicious, very soft food that John could actually swallow because he had chewing issues at the end of his life. I mean, I can literally look at faces across the whole room of people who ministered to us in, you know, very, very tangible, practical ways, prayed for us, fasted with us. And so um, just um, thankfulness, I think, is uh, it prepares the way for the heart of the Lord. Um, And even in the midst of, like, the deepest loss, I can say, hey, today, I'm thankful for friendship. I've got people who love me, who are kind. I have men in this room who will help raise my son. So it's like, here are all my fears. And the Lord is answering them, like, one by one by one by one, um, point by point. And so, which is beautiful. Um, So, I mean, it doesn't mean it's easy. doesn't mean I don't miss him. Um, you know, I would certainly, it's not the way I would have done it. I would prefer the other way. Um, but God is here and he's kind and he's on the move. Um, and I think one day when we get to heaven, we will, God will give us the answers and we'll know and he'll say, here's the bigger story. Um, so yeah, that's, sorry, I talked a really long No. <laughs> Hold on, Melissa. Hold on. Melissa, can you stay up here for one second? Um, just as we, as we close, I'm actually going to invite the, the band to come on up. And, uh, but just as we were talking about Luke 17 and about seeing the way that God's moved, turning to go back and give thanks, just the, the way that you just described Thanksgiving through all the loss, um, I just think is something that our church needs. And, and we love you. I mean, just want to, again, just kind of double honor the people in her life group and the people that have supported her and honor Bernie. Um, but we also just want to receive like that kind of perspective going into the new year. And so I just want to invite you would, you, would you pray that for us? So guys, why don't you go ahead and stand where you're at? Take that. Thanks, bud. And just to encourage you, because we want to respond to the Lord now. We want to respond. And if, if you go to uh, our website, EncounterJesus.life, there's an end of the year review for you to actually go through some of these questions yourself. But right now, we just want to respond to what God's doing in our hearts. And so um, just as Melissa's praying, just want to believe that the Spirit is going to impart that kind of thankfulness and that kind of... Um, yeah, that kind of perspective going into the end of our year in 2023. So, yeah. Yeah, so we all just bow your heads. And also, okay, I know this is kind of cheesy before we bow, sorry. I really do think that there's something to be said about your your body and your like uh, posture before the Lord. And so um, 
if you, I would say whatever position you're most comfortable praying in, if that is standing, if that's sitting, if that's however, I am not a great stand in prayer. I mean, obviously I'm up here, so I'll be standing. But if you are like, get comfortable, we're going to position our hearts towards the Lord. Um, and I don't want y'all to be focused on like, my legs hurt and I'm tired. So I'm not going to pray long, but just, you know, um, just be real before God. Um, so now we can bow our heads. So um, God, we just come before you um, and just say, thank you. Um, thank you so much for sending your son to die for us, God. Um, thank you so much for just being so um, ardent and so just in your pursuit of us that when we choose, uh, you know, the junk food instead of the good stuff, that you still, you don't forget us and you still love us. So Lord, we just ask in the midst of this busy season that you'll take uh, let us take a minute just to pause and remember who you are and who we we are, who you say we are, and just to be thankful. Um, and God, we just ask that you fill us with hearts of gratitude. Then instead of seeing the world through our loss or through um, family tension or through frustration, that we'll see the world through your lens and your eyes first. Um, and that as we see things through your eyes, we can just be thankful um, and that we can just rejoice in, in the little or the much that you've given us for the season. Um, and I just ask God too that you, um, you just remind us who you say we are. Um, like Matt said, just the identity of um, we are sons and daughters um, and that we're called to be in your family. So just ask um, that you speak deeply to us, Lord, um, and that as we sing um, and close, that you would just speak to each one um, just a word that you have for us, and in the midst of the busy, that we can slow down and that you just speak to us. So God, we are grateful um, for you. We're grateful for these friends who have stuck closer than brothers, um, and just for the kindness you've shown us in our lives. Um, just Thank you, God. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Love you. And uh, thankful for you. Well, we're going to close by singing a song called Waymaker. And so there's a, there's a line in there that says, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. And so there might be places that are coming to mind of like, Lord, you made a way where there was no way this year. And there might be places of like, I still don't know the way, but this is who our God is. And so let's respond with a song of thanksgiving to God, our Waymaker.